everyone, and welcome to Hype A, a podcast amplifying voices in the arts around the world, making the arts accessible for all people. We will be hearing guests from the film, art, music industries, and more, sharing their stories, failures, and successes. We will be listening in on their new endeavors, projects, and take notes on their tips and tricks, how they broke into the industry, hear their words of wisdom. Over the years, I've met some amazing people who have really enriched my life and my art practice, and I'm so grateful to have met them around the world. I hope to share with you my personal experiences, but mainly support you by introducing you to inspirational leaders in their creative field. If you're looking to fulfill a dream in the arts, need that extra motivation, or simply be inspired, you've come to the right place. So get access, get tuned in and turned on every Thursday. Welcome to Hype A. Hi everyone and welcome to episode five. On this episode we have Mo Mozanine, who was educated at King's College London, is a PR and marketing expert. He is currently head of marketing at Linley London, which is David Linley's interiors company. You may know of his furniture making, luscious interiors, or you may know him as the second Earl of Snowdon, otherwise known as the son of Princess Margaret. Mo is working there, and he's also a dear friend of the family. So welcome, Mo Mozanine. Hello. Hi, Uncle Mo. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me on your brand new podcast. Thank well, you. Not new anymore, but new. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's so funny because obviously you're Uncle Mo to me, and I've known you um, as a family friend since I was a baby. And this is obviously an endeavor that involves a lot of marketing. Um, so it's quite interesting that you're, this is, you know, I've got to put my sort of professional hat on and rather than like niece hat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be fine you're making me sound very old now but no we are um yes but we can we can we can go through it it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah so as you know we met obviously through my mum um yeah. and um tell us about your background just generally about your background like what you believe you represent uh before we get into the marketing aspect in terms of culture and languages as well because i know you speak espanol también no <laughs> si si por supuesto well uh to give you a bit of a, i mean uh, obviously um a shortened version of my background because i've been around for 102 years um but uh, basically I, i'm persian originally i was born in tehran and uh, we migrated uh, um when the revolution happened in 1979 myself and my my mother originally, and then my father came out later, and we moved to Spain. In fact, we didn't mean, mean to go and sort of stay abroad permanently. What happened was that we, in, in, sort of in the beginning of the, of the sort of uprising, um, I used to go to American school, and they used to come and do like demonstrations outside and throw stones into the playground. And, and we, we went, literally, my father said, well, don't you go away till things calm down, you know? So my, yeah. my mum and I left Tehran and we went to Mallorca in Spain because my mum had a friend who lived mm -hmm. there for a, literally, I think a three week holiday. And um, we never went back. And um, basically wow. things got really worse. Um, my father managed to get out. My sisters who are older than me were already abroad studying, actually in the UK, studying English. So thank God they were here and they were safe and they were living with my aunt. So yeah, so I've, I've been, I've been um, sorry about this noise of my emails. That's fine. Um, my, uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's just, <laughs> that's just you flexing your like marketing <laughs> emails. Like, the sound, <laughs> sound on and the emails coming through make a thing. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, and that was in 1979. And so mm -hmm. I lived in Spain for about five or six years. I went to school there at an English school. Um, yes. but, um, obviously, uh, second language was Spanish, hence why I learned Spanish. And I think at that age you do anyway, you're like a sponge, yeah. just mm -hmm. take everything in. And, um, and so then I moved to London um, when I was around 15, 16 to do my um, GC, uh, well, at the time, O levels and A levels. O levels. Um, and uh, and from there, I carried on and um, carried on studying here. And London became my 
home from home, uh, really. Um, and I started to um, work here and um, made friends here, made my partner here. Um, and so this has just been, uh, this is where I will call home now. And uh, my, my parents eventually actually emigrated to, uh, to America. Uh, my mom still lives in New York. Uh, my dad passed away and my sister's actually one, one after the other for different reasons also moved to America. Um, yes. And um, so I'm the last remaining one in the UK and I'm happy to say that I, that I, that I love being here. I, I consider London yeah. my, my home now. Um, because I've known it for most of my life. Yeah, there's oh, there's so much with what you said, and obviously I I know personally from the stories that you shared with us at home, um, with all of all of this. But there's a lot. I'm sure the the listeners would like to know more about about that, and in terms of home and what that looks like to you, um, and obviously the place is the UK, <laughs> being home, but also the language as being. Like I, I, I consider language, like speaking a different language too, like uh, it's kind of like a train or something that takes you to a specific culture or place without even necessarily having to go there as well. Because you speak Farsi, don't you? Um, Spanish and English. And Greek. And Greek, of course, because of Uncle Fortis as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, um, I say I speak Greek, I do conversational Greek. I can't really write it, I can read it. Um, same with Farsi, I speak Farsi to my mum and my sister, um, my sister's my aunt, but I don't really, um, I don't really, I can't really write it. I can sort of read it um, mm. if it's written simply, um, not like a newspaper print, but you know, like yeah. second grade, I might write Farsi, then I can read that. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty fluent in Spanish, having lived there um, for a number of years, having lots of Spanish friends, and I still travel to Spain a lot. Um, mm -hmm. just because I love it and we go um, and language to your point is an interesting one because I know you are well, tried maybe more. <laughs> polygot yeah um, um, like four four yeah so with language I find that it's like a little bit like, like riding a bike because I always think oh gosh sometimes when I, when I try and speak Spanish with someone that I meet here say at, at, at an event or a party yes I find myself really struggling to find words and I, and I forget words and I'm like oh my god I'm getting really rusty and we practice my Spanish more yeah. But funny enough, when I go to Spain, after about two or three days of hearing it, I become a lot more fluent. So I think it's just about you, being, you know, hearing the language all the time. And yes. then all these things come back, all these memories um, come back. And then phrases and words that I would have struggled to remember, you know, yes. a week ago would, would come to me. Um, so, um, and I love it. I love learning different languages. And, um, you know, uh, I'm glad that I speak the ones that I do because you know I feel that it's it's like um, I don't know it's like having different personalities. Yes. <laughs> you know, so um, you go abroad and you can you can really really uh, well depending on where you go. But obviously when I go to Greece or Spain, I really feel like I um, can can mingle with the locals mm. and, and be one and and understand and and go out and and, and express myself. And you know I may make mistakes actually, and I think that's okay. I think that's how yes. you learn. By making mistakes and I think people who don't who are, who are always um, so desperate to speak a language so fluently are the ones mm -hmm. who learn it um, very late because yes. you don't start speaking it so I was just I've just started like with Greek I never had shared a class I just yeah you know I've learned it through music I love Greek music and I yes 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 and I would start talking like we are now with friends and then I would say yeah. things in Greek and they were probably incorrect and they would correct me and then I would know next time I'd <laughs> words of that yeah. And that's how, we, uh, how I learned it. But um, yeah, I'm fascinated by language, and um, and I and I think it's great that um, if we you know if you can speak more than one, um, it's always I think a, an asset to have. Exactly, and I kind of wanted to get on two points on that because because of your talent for connecting people, and it's also your your job as well. But also the languages, I'm sure open a lot more doors and dialogue as well. Um, but also I just wanted to go back a tiny bit and obviously, as I said before at the very beginning, just go as far and as deep as you're comfortable with, because there are a lot of trigger points with what you mentioned in terms of your background. Um, and for a lot of Persians as well, it's a highly traumatic situation. Yeah. I'm getting I'm getting chills as I'm saying this, because it, you know, and we talk about home as well, don't we? Mm. So in that sense of belonging, and do you want to, um, maybe share a little bit more to the listeners about Persia and what it represents and you know because you yes. say you're, you're Persian and I, th I yeah. think 
some some people may not necessarily understand what that really entails. Yes. Well, the first thing that always people would ask me is when I say I'm Persian or Iranian, I mean, I prefer to say Persian, is that they say, oh, so you must speak Arabic. And I say, no, we don't. We actually are two, are two different languages. Yes. The only similarity is that we write from right to left as Arabs do. But Arab, Arabs don't understand Farsi and we don't understand Arabic. Uh, there are, might be the <laughs> word here and there that's similar, but really it's a completely different language. Um, yeah. I'm very proud of my culture and my heritage. I think that it's a very rich culture. I've been exposed to it, thankfully, because my parents had a very strong sense of, mm -hmm. um, of, their, um, of, of their heritage. And they instilled in all of us, us three, their children, um, although we lived away from our country of birth for most of our lives, we mm -hmm. were, we, they, made, they made sure we are familiar and, and understand our culture, our traditions, uh, and our, uh, you know, what what it, what it, what it represents. Um, so yes, I'm, definitely. Uh, well, I'm not an expert, of course, on, on the subject. I, <laughs> I, know, I know that I, I know what I know, and that's purely through a interest and in b my parents telling me about how wine was invented in in Persia, how the best poets are from, you know, yes, some of the best poets are from mm -hmm. uh, uh, from Persia, like Rumi and Hafiz and Saadi. Yes. Um, how, you know, the, the you know, the civilization, uh, it's, it's an old civilization, you know, we have two and a half thousand years of monarchy. Um, mm -hmm. And people now, because this regime has been in place for 40 odd years, and um, obviously, uh, the people see Iran as it is now. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people, especially the younger generation, um, who may have not had been exposed or studied on it, sort of forget what um, Iran and Persia was and what it, um, you know, how how rich it was and how not in terms of um, um, in monetary terms, but in terms of the, the culture and heritage mm -hmm. and history. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, I often go on my soapbox, which I, <laughs> if, some, if people start asking me and I, and, I, and I can talk about this forever, but because I love yeah. it. It's, yeah. It's, um, I'm very proud um, uh, to be Persian. Um, uh, and I will never, and as, and as I said uh, earlier, when we started talking, I said this, I consider this my second home because my home will always be where I was born. Um, Persia and Iran. And um, although I haven't been back since I was nine, I have a very strong connection to this day. You know, I um, I love Persian music. I love Persian food. The I mean, food is, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I mean, I cook Persian food. And again, yes. I did things I learned from my mum and I wanted to learn. Uh, and it's one of my greatest joys to actually um, cook, cook Iranian food and actually cook it for friends who love it and appreciate it. Um, and um, and yes, so I, I really do do embrace that part of my um, part of my um, culture. Um, it's, it, it's 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 a big part of me. And whilst I unfortunately haven't been back, um, I try and keep up with. Um, I always, you know, I read I read lots of translated, uh, you know, books um, that may have been written old books from you know, classic books from Persia. I, uh, I I like to study the history, um, and I watch like so many documentaries that actually the BBC, uh, not to plug that channel, but they do make some excellent documentaries about um, yeah. Iran, um, uh, which, which are all available and I, and I watch. And um, and yeah, every time I watch something, I, I, I discover something new, although a lot of it I've been told has been passed down from my, um, from my parents to me. Um, so yeah, I think it's, um, it's something that, um, yeah, uh, thankfully people, people uh, a lot of my friends, doesn't matter where they're from, they're always, um, when I talk about Iran, they always say, oh my God, you, you, you've, you've, you've made me want to go and visit now. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And it, I, I, I see it as a rich tapestry, you know, Persia, mm -hmm. in my mind's eye. And, and I was also thinking about Miriam, your, not your sister, but um, Miriam, the photographer. Eisler, yeah. Who I met at one of the events that yes. you were marketing yeah. um, at Lindley London and how through her photography there's this rich tapestry of Persia you know and and this kind of idea of something from the past that will will never be forgotten and you see that pride within her too because she's also Persian as well right yes. um, and through her work there's such pride in her work and I can see it Absolutely, yeah, and 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 uh, and uh, yes, Mariam, like myself, has been out out of Iran um, since I think similar age, um, and so um, again, she's very in this particular collection that you refer to, 
which we um, exhibited at, um, at Lindley last uh, November. Uh, mm. It was uh, very much based around the, um, the photography was the background was very much um, celebrating the rich Persian culture. Um, yes. And the, you know, the famous, um, uh, you know, uh, mosque domes that we are famous for, the, 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 the turquoise color, which, um, you know, it's, it's so affiliated with Iran and, and, and Persian. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, as you saw, a lot of that was represented in her photography, yeah. uh, which was actually, I believe, shot uh, on location uh, at Leighton House here. In, yes, in, it was. At the, yeah, in the yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, um, so, yeah, I mean, all of us, I mean, the more uh, every time I meet someone from my generation who have who were who left um, when the revolution happened, we all have we all have certainly one thing in common, our love for our country and our sense of nostalgia. Uh, because we Definitely. are we were at that age where we I certainly remember things um you know I wasn't that young not to remember I remember our house I remember our uh, I remember my school I remember you know quite a lot um uh, I remember our holidays by the Caspian Sea um so oh. so whilst there is um nuggets of memory um those mem those, those memories um, can become very nostalgic and sometimes mm. today I will hear a song um an old song by um of course our very famous singer Dugush um, mm -hmm. is like the Madonna of Iran uh, in her day, she still sings now. Uh, but, you know, I, I grew up listening to her music at home, with, you know, when we had yeah. parts, even, even just my mom playing it in the background. And sometimes I will hear an old song of hers and it will transport me back to a day in Iran when I was about seven years old at home doing whatever I was doing, but that, is, that, that just brings it all back. Um, so yes, we, we um, sadly, um, you know, uh, we had very, short um a short time to to enjoy to to to, to enjoy appreciate our country um us who are like you yes know, sort of nine ten years old by the time when that, when that happened yes. um but we, we 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 cherish those memories and we absolutely yeah absolutely and and it sort of reminds me of my of mum <laughs> yeah. my mother isabel you know because mum's from colombia and mm -hmm. there was a slightly similar situation in colombia in the same time around the 70s where a lot of people had to escape and leave and that trauma was passed down to me and psychologically it's called secondary trauma yeah. So, you know, for me, it's like speaking Spanish is now more than any other year. I think that I've really found it necessary more than I don't know why, but um, um, it's it's so important for me to bridge that gap, I think. And there's also been this thing where we've not been able to go back to South America for whatever reason, which, you know, you know about. Yeah. Um, but there's also like this thing about, I know a lot of people talk about this, but specifically people in, in the UK, and I guess also Londoners, because it's a melting pot of cultures and like different foods, which in London, I, I feel so blessed to be here because it's not like any other city in the world that you can just turn a corner and there's an amazing restaurant and it's legit, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but it's, um, you know, but there's this idea of, you know, this phrase that's sort of jumping around, which is this immigrant work ethic, you know, and do, I mean, I've never associated that with myself, but the more I've thought about it over the last few months, the more I thought, I mean, I work like a crazy person and I, I know that you see yeah. that within me. Yeah. Um, but also my dad is Italian too. And like both of my parents have worked so hard. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you find that to yourself just cur out of curiosity? Like, do you find that you maybe need to represent who you are or what you stand for? Do you feel that kind of, not I wouldn't say oh. burden, but that pride within you or something? For sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think all of us um, who come from um, a background where we had to move to a new country, especially at a very young age. I mean, you, of course, you were born in Britain, but you're, I'm yeah. you're um, you know, we all feel a little bit more like we have we have to prove ourselves a little bit more because um, you have to work that much harder because you haven't we probably haven't had the advantages that um, mm -hmm. I've had, um, you know, growing being born here, being growing up here and just um, absorbing the environment whilst growing mm -hmm. up. We kind of have been placed at an age where, you know, um, we had to learn, I had to learn. I mean, I, I remember when I, come, when I came to London at 15, I mean, my, my parents couldn't come with me for various reasons. I had to come yes. because my sisters were here. My sisters were probably at the time in their twenties and they were working. And so 
they couldn't sort of take me and show me where to go to, you know, here's the underground and here's where you have to change to get to school and here's the bus. Yeah, yeah. I, all, that all by myself and I had to Gosh. learn. Um, and so, um, and I had to learn that and I had to learn, for example, this is how I learned how to cook because sometimes my, my, my sisters were working till very late. So I would come back from school and if I didn't learn how to cook, it would be, she's on toast every day. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, um, so I learned, you know, by, by frying an egg to begin with and then I, progress to an omelette and then you know, yeah, gosh. you know whatever it might be so so we have to work that much harder and then we of course had to have had the disadvantage of um well not disadvantage but but but, but sort of going back going into um a new a new school and and, mm. and new friends and then doing the same thing and then we go to college and then when you especially we start working and um and you know with again coming from a, a background where you know none of our names are you know John Smith or Sarah yeah. Brown, um, kind of <laughs> always feel a little bit like an, a little bit of an outsider because my, you know, my, my, my given name is, for whatever reason, Mohammed. My 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 parents were the most unreligious people you'd ever meet in your life. Yeah. And I think them, why did you ever call me? Yeah. Not that I've got any game against it. It's, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's that being called Jesus in, in Spanish. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but I called my name Mo, not on purpose. People started calling me Mo because my surname being Mosenin was just too much of a mouthful, like too too M O H. Far too many consonants after each other. Anyway, um, but but you know. Um, it makes me now wonder why, like, you know, why, and, and I, I'm actually, um, I, I, I'm segueing here, but I went to a talk, just because it's fresh in my memory, last week about um, with, with these two very formidable ladies um, that, that have this book out called My Little Black Book, and it talks about why, oh, why we, um, you know, uh, or, you know, what we all well, yeah, talked about a lot, but specific yeah. names is, you know, um, they were saying how your name is such a big part of who you are. And, mm. you know, if someone says to you, oh, um, you know, my name is, uh, well, my name is well, quite easy, Mo, but they say mm. I had a very difficult name and someone said, oh, uh, oh, oh sorry, and, and mispronounced it, you need to stay as long as it takes until they take they your name right. Yes, <laughs> you know? that's. That's um, so, that's literally my life yeah. <laughs> right now, right now. And as ever, has ever, has always been. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, yeah. And it, and as you know, as you know, it's Cristal. And I think yeah. the more I've come into myself, the more I've come into the confidence within myself yeah. and embracing my cultures, yeah. being Italian and South American and British, yeah. the more I, as you say, like the name is so important. It's, it's basically the, you know the music stamp that makes me me you know and I'm Cristal and so many people get it wrong and it irks me a lot it gives me a bit of a funny like ugh, like just try you know and and I, I now stand for it more and more like the last four years I've been introducing myself as Cristal um and will continue to Yes, and you're quite right too, because that's your name and that's your identity. And, and, and unless you choose to change your name to something else and be called by something else, then that is what people have to um, get and respect. And I often make the, I often, um, well, I always make, make the effort to ask someone who's got a, you know, a, a name that's either too long, a very long name or, or you know, um, again, like mine, lots of consonants. I always try to pronounce it and I always check. And I always say, yes. am I pronouncing your name correctly? Uh, how do you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, so that you know uh, I make sure I, I get it right and in fact at this at this talk um, somebody was saying that you know there's some going to school and um, his name is um, um, you know Ignacio which is a Spanish name but mm -hmm. everyone yeah. now Ignacio is actually not a very difficult name no but, uh, but just because it's not Tom or Tim or Sam you know it just it just becomes Iggy um, mm. and now he's she said you know he's used to it but actually she will say, I wonder why, wonder why, I wonder why from the first day they say, no, my name is actually Ignacio. Mm. <laughs> uh, it takes, it takes a lot of courage for that person to say, yeah. no, this is me. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, and I think, a and I, I, this is, this is about the languages thing is I think a lot of people who don't speak another language mm. or wherever one is in the world um, could never quite understand that, you know, um, importance. Um, no. But, it's yeah, true. It's, uh, it's it's a very it's a very um, <laughs> it's a very uh, interesting subject, um, um, and I think um, people become um, unfortunately lazy because yes. we think you know um, people who come from different um, backgrounds, um, cultures, countries uh, will often um, 
shorten or simplify their name in order mm -hmm. to, to find it easy to say. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not your fault that your name is whatever it is. It's yeah. up to the person who's going to call you by your name to, to make sure that they say it properly and, and, and learn how to say it. Um, exactly. So, um, yeah, and I think that's something that we've all We've all we've all done. I mean, I I, I mean, I've got I've, <laughs> I've called it make a reservation for a table. I've said, oh, this one, what's your, what's the name? And I go, yes. Well, how do you spell that? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and imagine if somebody with a really long name had called. I mean, you know, it's like know. M O, like you know. I know. Um, I, you know, I know. It's... Um, but to go back to your point about um, <laughs> trying harder and, and being from from um, obviously um, um, coming from a different country and settling in a new country, I think actually on the plus side of it. Now, of course, we all know these disadvantages, and we can talk about it forever. But I think on the plus side, yeah. we're all very, we become very, very resilient as people, as human beings. Yes. Serves us so well in life, and we, and nothing, you know, nothing really for me, um, uh, anyway. Nothing really shocks me, or mm. or makes me go into panic mode. Um, yeah. Because I think we've we've gone through such such a um, tumultuous thing, when, you know, being uprooted from your country and moving to a new country. That that actually that in itself, while it's while it's horrible, it, it does give you the tools and the resilience to be able to deal with things that life will may throw at you. And as we all know, life is a bowl of cherries, right? No, <laughs> uh, no, well, and a glass of champagne, darling. Um, <laughs> but. You get a but, nice yeah. top and you get some soggy ones at the bottom that have gone you know, bad and whatever, but that's life. So yes. it can't always be, uh, I mean, sorry, I should say I can't always be a bowl of cherries. It's a bowl of cherries that may have some old cherries at the bottom that uh, you might pick out um, and that is not as fresh, but that's it. Um, that, that's what it is. And I think, um, I believe that, 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 that we do, um, we, do to, we do learn the tools and skills inadvertently and, and unconsciously. Mm -hmm to um to deal with those and, 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 and be resilient exactly and i think now more than ever I, even london is becoming even more cosmopolitan if it's even possible mm. especially mm. with you know the internet and um podcasts like mine hi pay um where you know i i like to have these discussions from people from all walks of life all different cultures all different languages if possible <laughs> he would yeah. like to be on high pay um but yeah i think it's it's necessary and i and um but it's also what you're telling me is you have the art of listening and respect down to a t and that's part of your business isn't it isn't it is it not you know that's yeah yeah it's a, it's a, it's about listening and it's about being um i think it's also about being interested um and I don't know about you, but I, 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 I'm a very inquisitive and interested person naturally because I love to, yes. have to find out about when I meet someone, I love meeting people. So when I meet someone new, I love to know, you learn about them, you know, um, yes. some, some people might call that nosy. No, actually, I just call it interested. <laughs> I like to know where they come from, the background, you know, what they do, you know, uh, where they travel, what, what's their favorite food. I like to learn everything about that person. Yeah. Uh, because I think everyone is, every, every individual is so interesting in their own right, really. And, uh, and I often say this, that I think, uh, you know, there's a book in all of us <laughs> that we could. Oh, um, agreed. Uh, or in most of us, anyway, uh, there is definitely um, a book. So I'm interested and, and, um, and I ask questions and, I, um, and I'm inquisitive by nature. But, um, but a lot of people I find recently, um, especially, um, and I don't, I don't want to talk bad against young people, but I'm, I'm yeah. young, I mean younger than myself, um, uh, are a little bit, um, tend to be on the whole, a little bit too self-involved. And mm -hmm. so, um, uh, you know, just, and, then, and, people, and I met so many people recently, especially, and that's why I'm talking about it, that are so happy to talk about themselves mm. for hours. And, you know, and, and, and then they will never ask you a, simple, a single question. And, and what do you do? And, or where, or where, where have you come from? Or what's your background? Or, you know, or where, where, where do you like to travel to? And what, you know, what, what cuisine do you like? Nothing. So, mm -hmm. but, but you, they give you, they, they, they um, um, what's the word? They um, uh, they offer a lot of lot of information about themselves and 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 and, and go on. And I, and I and I don't know whether um, it's, the, it's the it's the social media age that we live in that that mm -hmm. that in people. Um, but um, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's a whole not, that's a whole other episode to be talking about social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 yeah. 
but I think it might, it might be something to do with that. And, um, and the fact that we can all self-promote now very easily and talk about ourselves and have these platforms that we can actually go on, which never existed before, you know, 15 years ago. Um, you go on and sort of um, and say, well, you know, this is me, you know, whatever you want to be. And, and it's a shame sometimes I think that uh, people don't use these platforms to a better, um, I don't know, to, to a better end or mm. a better way um, to, to, you know, inform, enrich um, and make, make, make the world better in whatever way they can. Um, so. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's why um, I've, I'm doing this personally, not personally, mm -hmm. but as kind of a giving back sort of thing, because it, I've come to a state in my career now where obviously I've met a lot of interesting people. And as you said, a lot of these people have our books and yeah. these stories need to be shared as well. And this is, this high pay is not about me. It's about sharing these stories, but also hopefully inspiring people to yeah. get into the creative industries as well. Yeah. And, and also see that that's also part, cause you know, we're, we're going to be talking a bit more about marketing in a second, but that's also part of the marketing aspect is that you've, there's a 50, 50 of, mm. you know, networking, which is like a, or a cringe term, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like learning how to listen and, you know, catching someone else's name and, and hearing it right. And if not, yeah. not being worried and not bruising your ego by asking, I'm sorry, can I just get that right, please? You know, can I get your name right again? Um, and again, networking yeah. is such a passe term. I, I was actually having a chat with my friend Alexandria at Soho House today, <laughs> <laughs> dropping names. Um, there's some, you know, we were talking about networking and it's it's not that, it, for us, it's a lot about connecting. And yes. I, I believe that what you do, it's it from my understanding is you you connect people with other people and you co-brand uh, yes absolutely i mean that's what marketing is all about uh, as is communications um you know um i think again back going back to what i said earlier you have to have a bit of an inquisitive mind and and uh, and be interested in order to i mean i always say i uh, you know you have to I'm, i've been very fortunate i've worked in companies and brands that i've truly been passionate about and so it's been very easy for me to market and 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 uh pr if you like that yes. product and that brand because i think unless you are um passionate about um something it's very hard to to then just sell it on to mm -hmm. to your audience um yeah. uh, in a very in a genuine voice and in a, in a genuine way yes um, that's so that's so important i just want to hold that thought for a minute in a genuine way you know it's all about authenticity as well because as you know, I, I follow a spiritual path to, and you know, energy never lies. And I, I hold that to be true because I think people feel that when you're pushing something and you're like wanting to, you know, wanting, wanting, wanting. Yeah, you know, it's you're like pushing that person away from you, yeah. you know. And I, when I, you know, I, I always, um, you know, I, I worked, I've worked in this industry, where in the, in, mainly in the, in the luxury retail industry, uh, as a marketeer for the last twenty five odd years. And whenever I've got worked out somewhere, I'd be very fortunate and that I've obviously um, picked, picked um, uh, companies and brands that I've that I genuinely admired and wanted to work for. And I've always been really proud to work with those. When I go out and, and, and speak about them, it's with a genuine sense of pride that I, that yes. I represent that brand. And when I had my own consultancy, as you know, for 10 years, yes. uh, and you know, it was very boutique uh, marketing PR consultancy uh, and, uh, and um, we, you know, at any one time we had seven to eight um, luxury brands that we represented. And mm -hmm. every time that I employed um, people to work for, uh, to work with me, I always used to say to them, you need to be a, an ambassador, not for the brands you represent, mm -hmm. but also for the brand that you work for. And so when you go out there, you have to be, the, uh, you have to behave um, as, as the most, um, you know, um, wonderful ambassador of, the, of that, of that, of that company, of that brand, of that product, because that's the only way where, where you know that you will, A, you will behave in, in the appropriate way. And secondly, that you will, you will um, represent that um, uh, body, whoever it is that you're representing mm -hmm. in the best possible light. Uh, so, uh, and I think that's, that's, um, that's, that holds true. Um, I, I strongly believe in that. Um, so, you know, I've often, um, you know, um, 
some you know often said people say why did you choose like to work in luxury and I said well, I didn't really choose it I kind of fell into it uh, I didn't set out to work in luxury but then I, my first job was you know at Alfred Dunhill and then from that yes. we progressed um, but um, you know um, actually well, if I'm honest you know fast moving consumer goods or FMCG if you use jargon um, nice. market, <laughs> a lot better but can I can I market oven chips no <laughs> I'm eating them but I'm not going to be able to then talk about them and, and sell it and be, and be genuinely, you know, passionate about it. Um, so that's what that's what I'm, that's what I mean. You have to really believe in what you what you what you do, uh, have a passion for it, and genuinely uh, have a, have a connection with it. And to your point, um, that connection is so important. Absolutely, and I, I feel like it, it's it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of your background and what Persia means to you. It's again, you are the ambassador, you're representing that. And again, it comes into the marketing aspect. Um, and so, you know, what, what's it like working with the son of princess Margaret? I have to ask. <laughs> well, it's, it's fantastic. Well, David um, uh, is um, obviously the founder and chairman of the company. He, mm -hmm. As you may know, he's a furniture maker himself. Um, I think he started the company in 1985, um, was when he first started actually making bespoke furniture. Yes. So the company has um, has has still very much known for um, the furniture and um, interiors, um, but it's obviously expanded now that we have a whole um, different arms of the company. So obviously, um, homewares, um, furniture, interiors, but we also have interior architectural interior design service. Uh, we take, uh, we do bespoke commissions and we also have a retail um, side where we obviously have our showroom and our concession at Harrods, where mm -hmm. we sell um, everything from, you know, bookmarks and doorstops to um, vases and jewelry boxes and games and you name it. Um, uh, what you call our, our ready to buy retail arm. And, um, yeah. and uh, obviously a very um, uh, fantastic e-commerce website which is almost a, well, it's, it's like, it is like a third, third shop uh, in its mm. own right. Um, because uh, we have a lot of clients who um, are long-standing um, clients of Lindia who may not always be based in, in London or the UK. So they, um, they buy online and of course we ship everywhere. So it's very yeah. interesting. No two days are ever the same in my role. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that, like what's a normal day, you know? But I'm, I'm sure it's yeah. very like in the arts in general, it's never a normal nine to five, is it? No, it's never, <laughs> but that's, but that's the beauty of it, I think, and that's what I love about it. You never get bored. Um, yeah. You know, I think that you, um, I, 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 you know, as I say, some days it's, um, it's like pure admin. Where I have to be at my desk and just do, you know, write things or do my admin other, other, other days I'm out meeting people uh, yeah. going out and um, uh, meeting um, everyone from um, potential partners to journalists uh, we do a lot of collaborations which is also an interesting part of the role as you know uh, with the artists that we host in our showroom and, and photographers um, and just recently for example we did a, a fantastic collaboration with um, a luxury wine winery and they did a oh, right. um and um uh, chambler wines and in fact only last night we did a, uh, they had a they held an event for about 15 um of their vip customers and now with um, mm -hmm. their pairings um with lot beautiful um, food pairings with the different wines that they produce and it was um actually um officially to uh, to launch the the rosé wine uh, i love it yeah I love it. so um so these sort of things are what i normally uh, work on you know trying to find the right partners to work with trying to find, make the right collaborations um mm -hmm. and um and then of course working with the various media in terms of increasing our uh, or, or maintaining our wonderful coverage that we get um mm -hmm. in, in the luxury media and um uh, also of course um online and digital which has become more and more um, yeah necessary. absolutely absolutely it's 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 unavoidable or i mean we we can't avoid it unfortunately as we move forward but i was you know i was looking at the lindley website and i, I understand that um david lindley i feel a bit uncomfortable saying his name like that because i i feel like he's you know he should be called second earl of snowden um with respect you know but you know i i've looked and on the website and obviously i've been to the the main <laughs> main shop <laughs> um and it isn't very impressive. It's very impressive. You you just know 
exactly the style and the you know the meaning of the brand as soon as you step in and also on the website which is quite interesting um the chess sets right you yeah. know you know i've did a chess set uh, that was interestingly tied with um harrods which i know you worked with as well um in harrods not with the chess set that i made mm-hmm. but chess itself being um supposedly coming from persia interestingly by the way so yes. chess is yeah. something so again it's like that you know coming back around aspects um and i see, i did say miriam rather than mariam by the way and and mariam as well with that connection with coming back yeah. around again with the uk and persia um do you uh, obviously you meet a lot of people and I, i've seen you shine um in industry but i also noticed that you are very genuine and you don't change like i noticed that you know when some people they're like one person when they're at home and they're another person when they're out in the limelight <laughs> um yes. i noticed that you're very consistent you, you shine brighter with more people i would say or you know yeah. but you're the same person that i know <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh well that goes it's like it's like the old saying uh, you know be yourself because everyone else is taken <laughs> so yeah it's true you can't be anyone else. Oh, I, I try not to be. Um, no. You know, it's that you bring this up because uh, I have had this conversation with a friend the other night and um, I, I, I never self-analyzed myself because, uh, gosh. Mm-hmm. But I do, uh, I had to, um, now that you mentioned this, I did have to actually look at myself and go, well, actually, it's funny because, um, I mean, you know, you've known me for many years. Actually, my private life, I'm quite a private and I was yeah. very on the shy person. So yeah, throw me in the room, I can talk to anybody, it's fine. I don't, I'm not gonna be a wallflower and stay in a corner, no. But I don't really, I like, I don't like, um, you know, I'm quite personal, um, sorry, personal. Yeah. I'm quite private. private in, my, yeah. in my personal um, life. And um, and actually, I, uh, you know, if you say to me, I mean, I mean parties is a, is, a, is a dirty word to me because I, I actually can't stand parties. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't buy small talk and I can't buy five yes. hours in one corner talk. Oh about just random stuff i yes. give me a dinner party where i can sit down and actually have yeah. proper conversations and proper connections with the person next to me or across from me or and, and obviously some food and a chair and my age is very important um <laughs> uh, but of course the nature of my job i do have to attend these things and i do and and i and, I, and yeah you're right i probably uh, in a way not that i'm not myself but i i can turn it on and off as need be yes yes uh, so yes, I can stand for four hours, have a glass of tepid wine in my hand and talk to someone about random things, which I don't like, but I do it. And I do it with a smile and I, and I don't really think, oh God, I hate being here. I don't think about it at all. No, but, no. Um, but, but I, but, so again, coming um, through 60, um, uh, you know, back, to, back to where we started, this is what I've talk, talked about, um, being, uh, being adaptable and resilient. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that, you know, as, as a young child really um you mm-hmm. know being thrown into the deep end in in, in every way yeah. <laughs> shape or form, um and having to adapt to that situation um and when i tell this story to people they don't believe it but you know um when, when we moved to um spain when i was 10 years old my my mom you know i was always a wife a housewife a mother she never worked so she didn't speak she spoke fast but didn't speak any english uh, or spanish and mm-hmm. i I, of course, spoke English and I learned Spanish, I think, about three months. So I, wow. I became the adult uh, at about 10 or 11. So I had to go and open bank accounts and speak to bank manager and do the lease for an apartment and, and enroll, mm-hmm. you know. And so, because my mum couldn't do any of that and we had no help there. You know, we had, you know, she had one friend obviously couldn't be with us every day. Um, and you know what? At the time, I never for a nanosecond thought, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm 10 years old. I can't do this. It's not my job. I just got on Gosh, with it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, now I can reflect and go, my God, how did I do that? Um, mm-hmm. You have no option. You just get on with it. And I think you just that do it. Makes life where now I can, you know, I'm happy to say that I can be more or less thrown into any situation. And I, and I know that nine out of 10 times I can deal with it. And I can, I can cope with it. And I can, and I can make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's very telling, and I, that's something that um, young generation, you know, listen mm-hmm. to Uncle Mo, <laughs> um, because you know that's that's a skill, it's a life skill, um, just to go ahead and do it and don't complain about it, just do it. Um, but also, also, I would say, 
for those of you who are wanting to get into PR and marketing, don't be afraid to come out of your comfort zone and maybe just, just put on not a role, but like put your best self out there, I would say. And it's still you and it takes courage. Yes. And, and, you know, I I think in any job, it doesn't matter if you work in any, in any field, all of us have to, to some extent, um, you know, play a role. Um, Yes. Because we're all very different at work to we are, we are at home. Uh, uh, and I remember years and years ago, and um, I used to um, work at a very um, famous London department store. And uh, we went, uh, I, I attended, I, I was I've been talking as well at this event, but um, there was new starters, um, you know, sales systems on the shop floor. And I think I was going to talk about marketing and what we do. And then before me, there was the, um, uh, the general manager for the store at the time. And um, she gave a talk and her words have always stayed with me when she addressed this new star. And they were young people, you know, they come to be, it was something where it was their first job, perhaps out of university wow. or college. And she said, think of this as a theater and think of yourselves all as actors. So you come in the morning, you put on your costume, whatever that might be, you, you know, you put on your stick and your costume and, you know, and, and, and at 10 o'clock, the curtains go up, the, the doors open. And then from then on, you're playing a role for your audience mm-hmm. and you're performing. So you have to give the best performance of your life as actors do every day. Yeah. And it's so true. And, um, and, I, and I often think that, and you know, I often think that's, that's the role that we all have to remember that we need to adapt and play the role. Um, and not, not in a fake way at all, but, but because we, we cannot go into work and, and, you know, the way we might answer the phone at home, you know, you say, hello. You're not going to <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the same principle. You just have to adapt and, and play this, uh, and, you know, be the most, that's professional in whatever capacity that is in your in your in your role, whatever that may be, and make the best of it. And if that means that, as you said, coming out of your comfort zone and having to go in, you know, going to a room full of people and making conversation with people you don't know, do it. Yeah. You know? No, exactly. And actually, and actually, I will say um, that having a slightly unusual name is really an advantage and you can really market that, you know? And I, I just, I just want to normally, um, now that I've had quite a few episodes, I normally ask my guests about um, tips and tricks. And I, yeah. I think you've, you've given us already amazing insight, but would you, would you be open to giving the high pay listeners three tips or tricks? for high pay listeners, um, for marketing, PR, or general life? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, um, yes. Uh, anyway, I can only sp- speak from my own experience, but um, but I think that for people who, who are looking to work, working or uh, entering the, the world of, um, you know, um, marketing PR, the landscape has changed dramatically since I started in the business. But again, yeah. that's that's about adapting and moving with, with the times and, 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 and keep learning all the time. You never stop learning. But I would say the best way into the business is to, um, you know, actually choose choose um, uh, an industry that you're interested in, genuinely interested in, have a passion for. Then research the best PR companies, the best PR agencies that, that uh, work in that industry and, um, and maybe start by approaching them and offering uh, an, you know, yourself an intern um, or, or even a volunteer, because the more experience you get within those environments, the easier it is for you to get, to get positions after that, once you have a on your CV. Um, and do as, as, as many varied things as possible within that industry. So, you know, with, and, you know, sometimes you know, if, if you want to, um, uh, I don't know, go into luxury travel. Yeah. Uh, yes. Do an internship at a, at a luxury travel PR, but also maybe go and um, work for an actual travel company. Um, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, um, again, in terms of, so you can see, you can actually get to see both sides of the coin and how definitely how it might work, and that gives you a nice overview of of the industry, being on the agency side and the client side, actually, um, in the in the um, actual industry itself, uh, doing the day to day. Second thing I will say is that the, the three things that I often try and live by um, and hopefully always succeed, uh, <laughs> that's what I was to say, is to, um, you know, what I call the three H's, humility, hard work and humour. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so you as well, all of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you have those three under your hat, there's very little that can, that can go wrong. Um, 
you need to have you need to have humility because um, you need to we need to all especially in this day and age no it's it's uh, it, it could never be more true than now that we all need to be uh, empathetic and kind to each other help each other wherever we can um, have a sense of humor because things go wrong um, mm -hmm. you know it's life as part of the yeah. course Just to be able to you know again learn from that and move on um, and thankfully I've, I've always worked in, 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 in companies um, where the culture has been very much you know if we fail we fail together yes uh, finger pointing and blame culture which sometimes exists in some in some businesses which I think needs to be eradicated mm -hmm, um, definitely and um, and uh, and hard work you know mm -hmm. none of us get you know um, anywhere by just sitting on our laurels and waiting for things to you know fall out on our lap you have to work um, and I think more than anything, it instills a good sense of um, uh, responsibility, even or and and, and um, humanity in you, just 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 working and, and and being proud of working and and being busy and and going out there and uh, just um, get you know get whatever it is you're doing, just um, uh, you know do do your best at it. So it's my mm -hmm. advice. Um, I will try and be the best at it. Uh, mm -hmm. Doing things half-heartedly seldom yields good results um, for anyone. Um, so, and actually, if you start in a, in, a, in a role and you think, actually, this is not for me, it's never too late, change, you know, yeah. go and do, think about something, doing something else. I mean, you know, uh, the, the good thing about the world as it is today is that not, none of us really could, should, can or, or should do or could do only one job. We can do you know, people, yes. I, I, you know, I, I do my job, I do what I do, then, you know, I have a, I have an interest, a hobby in, in, in playwriting, so I will, in my spare time, I write little plays. Now, that may not go anywhere any, anytime soon, but it just, it's just for me, it's just something that I do as a hobby. Um, I, there was a time when I was consulting, I was, you know, doing something with, with one company three days a week, and then two days a week, I was doing something completely different somewhere else. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's the beauty of today's world, that we can A, work from anywhere, and B, do more than one job. Uh, and so um, I think it's the world has organically furnished us with um, with with a, a much better way of working, um, and we should all take take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. That flexibility is an asset as well. Um, and it's funny you were talking about you know uh, if you want to get into luxury travel PR, for example, or marketing, like just try different you know various travel industries and I was, I was thinking about Papa, my dad, um, who had Travel Corona, uh, world famous on Bentinck Street and George Street in Marlebone in London. And he had some really interesting clients as well. Um, and he taught me that, you know, you're the best business card that you can have is you yourself. And that's it, you know, and he's taught me so much about connecting uh in in my industry as an artist in in general so i mean definitely in the three h's and hard work and flexibility um and how about um three people who inspire you or three people that you look up to that you admire oh gosh uh only three i mean i admire <laughs> yeah only three <laughs> on this hype <laughs> Well, you know, uh, well, I, I get inspired by different people. Um, sometimes I meet someone for the first time and I get inspired by something they say or something they do. Um, I, I often get inspired by people who make you feel good. And, I, and it's true that they say you never remember how, what someone said to you, but you do remember how they make you feel. And that's mm. the that people leave on you. So I always try my best to do behave in a way that makes the other person feel good. Because mm -hmm. uh, they might forget what I said, but if I've met them, feel good for those 10 minutes or half an hour that have been together, then that's my job done. And I like that reciprocated as well. Yes. Uh, so almost comfortable and, and relaxed in your, in your company. Yeah. Um, great tool to have. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly inspired um, by, my, um, by my husband, Foti, so you know, because he, yeah. um, he's got great values and, uh, in life and a good, great work ethic. And, um, and actually, apart from, you know, on the side of his, of his very important day job, he actually has qualified as a, as a coach, which I think was so well suited. Oh, that's so amazing. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Uncle Fo. Practice it at work. But a lot of our friends actually always come to him for advice because he's mm -hmm. very, um, 
it's very wise, I would say. And um, and I as I do, as I do I, I always go and I you know, say, you know, yeah. I'm thinking about this. Um, and I, um, but I also quite, uh, you know, I admire different people, different different reasons. So I can't really whittle it down um, down to three. But I do have to say, admire people, well, good authors. I have to say because yeah. I'm a skilled writer myself. I think, my God, the discipline it takes. But I don't have patience enough to sit down, <laughs> let alone write a whole book. Because I always I have this idea. I've had it forever about a book, but the yes. thought on actually um, putting. Pen to paper or digits on keyboard um, is 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 is, is daunting. Um, so when when I always admire people who you know churn out a book in about six months, um, and you know yeah. editing and all that, but uh, and then I read it and I go, wow, amazing. So um, any <laughs> that talent I admire. That's so cool. Um, wow, that's so cool. Um, yeah, you, you've also got me thinking as well. And I know that you've written a play and I would love to talk to you about that at some point, another time and yeah. and, and your book once it's published, hint, hint. A <laughs> <laughs> book of many, many volumes and chapters. <laughs> Why the tasks are daunting. <laughs> On anthologia. Um, but yes, I, and and lastly, you've got, you've, you've already, churned out some amazing words of wisdom already here on Hype. but what's your last word of wisdom that you'd like to share to the Hype listeners? Uh, um, two short words, be present. That's been wow. the day and age. I think um, I, um, I feel that recently, you know, I don't know about you, but I always feel like weeks and months go past so quickly. I mean, it's Monday, one minute, the next, next, next day, Saturday, next minute, Saturday, next, 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 you know, next breath is September. And I'm like, wait, where did it all go? Yeah. yeah. We're, busy. we're all busy doing a lot. I mean, of course, we're all busy because we all work and do whatever. But um, but I think time just goes. And I, and I, and I personally have, have tried to practice being a lot more present and enjoying things. You know, I know it sounds yeah. like an fuddy-duddy thing to say but you know like actually walking down the road and stopping and seeing my like, flower and actually going and smelling it and saying yeah. walking past and go well that was nice take yeah. take and, and and do it um and uh I, I've as I said I've practiced this myself recently and I really um have seen the benefits um I've been I've tried to be a lot more present since hence why I've um kind of stepped back from social media personally mm-hmm. uh, um, just because, um, and I may go back, you know, next week, I'll, you know, never say never, yeah. but I'm just to, just to take step, step away. Um, cause in this world, in this day and age where we're always connected 24 mm-hmm. seven and practice things that are good for you. Um, whatever, whatever works, uh, but, but, but be present in whatever it is that you do, whether you're cooking, be present in that time. Um, I know we all trained to multitask, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, today, uh, 10 different things at the same time, but actually just 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 cook. Enjoy that that that, that time with your with your yeah. you're chopping your vegetables or whatever it may be. If you're watching something, just watch it. Or um, you know, don't be distracted. I, I that's the things that I try and do and I find it um, find it find it's been it's been great. The other thing that I've recently adopted doing, which I would recommend is switching your phone off. I switch my phone off at night. Yeah. And in fact I, I live in the other room, I don't even charge in the same room as as a bedroom and you know that's been that's been great unless of course you're a doctor on call don't do that <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> please don't docs <laughs> so i can but um yeah it just, i just think sometimes we need to have a have a have a give us give ourselves a break from from connectivity it's good mm-hmm. to connect we talked about earlier with humans on a, on a yeah. human, but, um but connecting into the ether is quite nice to just take a, to to cut away from sometimes and just be exactly and that's so profound and it's so necessary in everything that you've said today it's um it's also like letting go of the past um and, and being present and letting go of the future and there's a there's a lot of um underlying spiritual teaching within that too um wise teaching within that too and just be, you know, and, and sometimes connectivity may not necessarily be positive, just like positivity may not necessarily be positive. There's such a thing as toxic connectivity and toxic positivity. And we have to come, I say we have to, because I do think it's an important urge and a necessity for our human health, mind, body, soul, and spirit to just really stay grounded and connect with nature. 
Um, Uncle Mo, so, so, so amazing. Thank you so much for coming to Hypey. So you. lovely. Great chatting. And I think we put the world to rights in about, what was it, an hour? <laughs> yeah, we did it now. Everything's fine. Everything's good with the world. I feel very blissed out. Yeah, and it's, and it's, and it's wine time. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's one o'clock, darling. <laughs> it definitely is. It's 5.39. I think it's definitely past wine time. <laughs> well, I will love and leave you. And thank you again. Um, and actually, just one last thing also is where can we find your marketing you know who i mean are you working exclusively with linley london do. i'm presuming i am i'm there full time now um yes feel free to follow the instagram which is um uh, at linley london uh and of course we have a showroom on pimlico road um in belgravia and uh, um, a great concession in harrods and we uh, have an online shop davidlingley.com fantastic thank you so much uncle mo and i'll see you soon for a champers some point soon have a nice evening. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Big kiss. Mwah.